0: Well, welcome everyone. It's just good to see you all here. And if you're here for the first or second or third time, feel free to have a coffee drink on us before you leave of some sort. And we'd love to talk with you out there. And there's a card that you can fill out, a guest card that we'd love to pray for you this week as well as get to know you. I want to just encourage you to fill that out, and you can put that in the box in the wall there, also. All right. The title of my sermon today is Don't Forget. Look at your neighbor and say, don't forget. How many, did that, how many did that bring up like bad childhood memories? You heard that more than you probably should have. Uh, and and uh, it's, uh, it's interesting uh, how often uh, we've had to say that to our kids. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And boy, is it ever true, isn't it? What might be the most important or valuable thing that you have ever forgotten somewhere? Has anybody forgotten their kids at a store or a, at home? Or I heard the other day somebody raced off to the vet, veterinarian, and forgot to take the dog. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things you forget to take with you. Often, it's a it's a pretty big topic in life, really. Um, and and I want to uh, I want to encourage us as we go through some scriptures this morning. Uh, let the word really sink into us. I believe the church really needs to be more prepared than it has been up to this point. I just believe that we're heading into times and seasons that are going to be mixed with blessings, but also with challenges. And as we face the challenges, because we have an enemy that is continually trying to steal, kill, And destroy according to John chapter 10 and verse 10. He's constantly on the road to do that. But we have a God who wants to give us life and life more abundantly. But I, I, I came with this title out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. And let me just read that to you this morning, Deuteronomy 6, chapter 10 to 12. And so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of the which he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a large, beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, Hewn out walls, which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. And when you have eaten and are full, verse 12, then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So don't forget, he's saying, the the book of Deuteronomy was written to the children of Israel as they were coming out of bondage. And he was just reminding them about all the things that he told them before they went into bondage so that they would not forget. Would you say, don't forget? So they wouldn't forget. It just seems to be a repeated theme through the scriptures is that people forget. I mean, it it got so bad that one day Mary actually forgot Jesus, Remember that? They went into the town, and they were having such a good time that they left, and they got a couple days' journey, and all of a sudden, hey, where's Jesus at? And they raced back to get him, and that was the time that he, was, he stopped and was teaching uh, the, in the synagogues. But she actually forgot Jesus. So it's all possible for you and I to forget some things. I want to remind us, let's don't forget. Let's don't forget some of these things. Let's ask the Lord right now to help us to receive his word So that we would not forget. Father, this morning I thank you that your word is alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. I pray this morning that, Lord, in the few minutes that we have, you would open up the eyes of our understanding. Every person here would not only hear your word, but hear your Holy Spirit speaking to them, that we might grow and be strong in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalms chapter 9, Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10. While everything in the world is changing, there's one thing that will never change, and that's God. The Bible says he changes not. He's always going to be committed. He's always going to be in love with you. He's always going to be faithful. He's always going to keep covenant. All of his words are always going to come to pass. Listen to Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10. It says, and those... Actually, would you read this with me also? This is a powerful verse. Let's read it. And those... Wow, He's never forsaken those who seek Him. I looked up just a few words there, and it says, you know, and those who uh, who know Your name, those who know Your name. The, the word know there is yada, yada. It, uh, it and what it means is to intimately and personally know him. So there's not this distant thing happening before you that you're reading the book and you're, you're just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to do it. No, as you're reading the book, the book is actually reading you and, and you're, you're, you're awakened inside of your spirit and you enter into this conversation with God through reading his word. And it's speaking back to you. It's coming back to you. And it's not this thing. And that's why I think, you know, when you read Psalms 119 and it tells you all about the word, the longest chapter in the Bible tells you all about the word and how it revives you, it heals you, it leads you, it guides you, it speaks to you, does all these things to you. And it it just brings life to you. It says the word brings revival to you. It does something inside of you. But it's those that know him intimately and personally. The word Lord here is Jehovah. Jehovah, and and that word there for Lord is Jehovah, it's Lord is Jehovah, it's the self-seeking one, the self-existing one, the eternal one, the self, he's the only true God, he is it, he's for us, and so your name will put the trust in him, you Lord have never forsaken those that seek you, and the word seek here means to frequent or to seek with care means to frequent Him. How, how, how often am I frequenting God? How, how long and how many times do I stop maybe in the day or uh, in, in th- through the week and, and really, you know, hopefully you wouldn't say through the month, but hopefully through the day or the week do I really stop and frequent God? You say, God, I just want to tell you how much I love you today. God, today, I just want to express my heart to you. God, I just, you're amazing. And you just start talking with him and sharing your heart and opening up your heart. And I know it seems to be harder and harder these days because we're so used to doing everything with text and stuff and uh, and Facebook. And we just kind of get through all this back and forth with just typed words. And it's different than me opening my heart to somebody. You can't open your heart through text, even with the, the, the little emotional things, you know? You, you can't do it. It just doesn't happen. How many really get moved by those? You know, most of us are actually kind of sick of those, aren't we? You know, it's just, it, just, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work. And so there's more to getting to connected. God wants you to frequent Him personally. And what I have found is the more consistent that I do, the more I want to. The opposite is not true. The longer I stay away or I forget, something begins to change. Psalms chapter 148 and verse 13. Let's uh, let's read this together out loud. Psalms, uh, can you read that? Yeah. All right, good. All right, let's read it together. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted, his glory is above the earth and heaven. Next week, I don't have time to do it today, but next week we're going to go into the names of God, because I believe it is in the names of God and the understanding of the names of God that revelation begins to come to us and our faith begins to grow, and that's what we're going to look at next week, and I believe it's going to be life-changing for us, whether it either just reminds us of what God was really like or whether we've heard it for the first time, it'll be life-changing. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4, listen to this. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, and do what? Proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim his name is exalted. Wow. He's calling us to proclaim this name. There's so much in the scriptures about his name. And, and, and what is a name? You know, what, what, what is a name? A name is quite interesting. I, we found it very interesting when you start naming your children, when you start having them. It's a whole new thing. You all of a sudden find out the names that you really don't like. And sometimes the reasons you got to just keep hidden because you knew somebody with that name that you really just didn't like. And, and, you know, and, and, and names are very important, and we, we choose those uh, thoughtfully for our kids. Most people don't just grab them out of the wind, but they I give them some thought. They, they look up the meaning. They, uh, you know, uh, not too many uh, <laughs> people just guess, you know, just throw up a bunch of names and get the one that lands on the floor, right side up. But we put some work into it because our names are important, and they actually bring a reflection to us. You don't find too many people that call their kids Hitler. Why? Because there's meaning in the name. You know, we wouldn't do that to your child, you know, or Elmer Fudd or something like that, you know. You give it some thought. It's important, it's interesting how we think about names much different than they did in the, in the Hebrew days. There's actually over 7,000 times that God's name is actually used in Scripture. We're going to look at what those names are, not all 7,000. Sometimes, thankfully, he repeated them. But 7,000 times, his name is mentioned. I would say that's important. I would say there's something about this. Maybe I should draw my attention to this. Say, wow, why are you repeating this so often? Because he's trying to pull us into a personal relationship with uh, himself. Now, you got to think about people that you know right now. Maybe just take a second think about somebody you know that you really, really, really love and how just sometimes the mention of their name just draws you back to that place. And all of a sudden, the good thoughts come, and you, and you just start thinking about that person. And oftentimes what happens is, you know, you're, you're, that's what moves your emotions. And this is what God's saying. I gave you all my name. Here's my name. My name tells you all about me, and I need you to know all about me. And, and, and because I want to know you personally. I want to know you intimately. I want to walk with you, and we must know each other in order to do that. And so as we look at the different names of God, I think you're going to see something very, very unique. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says this here, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they're safe. So his name is powerful. It's a very, very strong place. It's a a place that I need to know and understand so that in times of need, I can run to that tower and I can hold on to it and I can grip it. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Wow, what a powerful name. Every knee will bow. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. It's going to impact everything at that name. It's a powerful name. I think about how that powerful name of Jesus, just the powerful name of Jesus alone totally turned my life around and changed the direction I was living in, totally. I think, wow, how does that happen? They tried to reform me for years, (laughs) and it didn't work but it happened at the name of Jesus. And I, and I think that we, we realize that a name usually signifies authority. It usually signifies ownership. It, it, it just represents that person. And so, again, as we look at those names next week, I think you'll find it amazing. John chapter 17, verse 26, I made known to them your name. I made known to them your name. And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Wow. Why? Because he made known this name. He made it known. He made it known. All of a sudden, He began to realize who he was. And John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, what? To those who believe in his name. So we keep hearing this repeated theme, his name, his name, his name. Maybe you've struggled to get to know God personally. Maybe that's just something you'd say, well, maybe that's just for the pastors or maybe more spiritual people uh, have an easier time connecting with God and knowing God and understanding God. Maybe that's just for those type of people. I'm a different person. I don't seem to be able to connect in with this. I'm just telling you, once you get to know the name, you'll connect in because he'll pull you in with it. And as you begin to get to know him, it's an amazing thing as he he does that. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. For where two or three are gathered, where? In my name. I'm in the middle of them. I'm in the midst of them. I'm right there. Guess what? That puts God right here. When? Right now. Real time, right now, he's here. And all I have to do is just kind of tune in a little bit even this morning, and not tune out and not forget and not get distracted, but just tune in to know that right now he's speaking. And he's wanting to speak to me in a way maybe that he wouldn't speak to me on another day or another time or another setting. He wants to come this morning, and he wants to open up the eyes of my understanding and bring revelation to me right now. Can you say amen right now? The revelation begins to come, and all of a sudden, as his name is being revealed, you're beginning to capture some things. I really felt this morning there's some people here that need to capture some things about his name. You need to capture them because you need that strength. You need that strong tower. You need that for your life. And and, and for some of us, it might not be right now. It will be another day. But for some, it's right now. God, I need your name. I need to know your name. I need to come close to you. There's three important practices. We did one last week that uh, are mentioned about doing with the name. The first one is salvation, and I think we know this. In, um, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, and many other scriptures, It says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." And uh, in Acts chapter 4:12, nor is there salvation. In any other, uh, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. So there's no other name, so salvation is important when it comes to the name. And I, I remember when they began to share the name Jesus with me, how that, that began to chip away at my heart. It began to just chip away until finally it penetrated two years later after sharing the gospel with me about Jesus and praying for me and fasting for me, and all of a sudden the breakthrough came. Why? Because the name came. And I I want to just say to you, and some of you have experienced this, and maybe some of you haven't, the name was so powerful that it took a person uh, that had five drunk driving tickets that year, a person that was on drugs every single day. I was taking Uh, speed in the morning, and I was taking uh, uh, heroin or pot or alcohol at night so I could go to sleep, and I was waking up and taking speed. Uh, and, And for that particular year, it was every single day. I myself wanted to get away from that and couldn't. And again, I had five drunk driving tickets as a result of it. But when the name came, it broke through there wasn't a recovery time, and if you have one, that's fine, but it wasn't for me. When I went to that altar at the name of Jesus Christ, he totally took my heart. He, I, I think he just totally threw it away. It was so bad. He just tossed it, you know? He just tossed it and, and, and threw it away and gave me a brand new heart. And you know something? I got up from there a brand new person. I got up there not even a desire for the drugs, the alcohol, not a bit of uh, any kind of uh, reaction from it. There was no cold turkey. There was no sweats. There was nothing but absolute joy because of what Christ did. What for? The name. It was the name. Simply, I, I can't even give it any other credit other than the name. I didn't have to do a thing but receive the name. And I, I just think when, as I'm even talking about this, I just stirred up that the, that, that name is above every name, and there's no other name that can give that to you other than Jesus himself. Come on, let's get an amen to that one. Isn't that right? There's no other name can do that. Buddha can't do it. Come on, Confucius can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. There's no other name above the name of Jesus Christ. And when we really look to that name, you'll find the heart transformation. Everyone will that needs it. The second place that we see the name being used is in water baptism. We did it last week, just so proud of the four men or two men and two women that did it last week. And it says that that, that we take on and it gives us a new identity. And so the instructions of the scripture is to baptize them into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, baptize him into that name. So you take on your new identity, and that's why I encourage everyone. I don't care how long you've been a believer. Maybe you grew up in a church that uh, maybe you sp- b- believed at that point in sprinkling you as an infant, or maybe you did it when you were just too young and you just had no idea about it. He wants you to be baptized because he wants to secure that name upon your head. And that's exactly what he says. He says, you go down and you come up in the newness of life with that new name. And I'm just telling you, your name is important. You're important. The third place that we find it is in prayer. He gives us new power and new authority in prayer because of the name of Jesus. Let me just try to share something here that's kind of a little bit, maybe a a little bit of a different angle about this whole idea of the name of uh, Jesus in prayer. You know, oftentimes we'll finish our, uh, we'll, we'll pray over our meals and we'll say, thank you, Father, in what? In Jesus' name, amen. And we do that oftentimes when we pray, anytime we throw that in. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know something? I wonder sometimes if maybe because we don't really know the name, that we're not seeing the power of the name. He never meant us just to mimic it. He never just meant us to repeat it or to requote it every time we can't, every time we could, but he meant for us to know him in His name. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how are we going to get to know him in his name, so that when I come before him, I'm coming before him in the authority that that name carries. right? Come on, you you need to lean in here for a second. I think this is important. I think this is is a heart change for me to say, okay, I need to lean in to who the name really means. What does his name mean? Can I really ask God for healing? Why? Isn't it because of the name? It's the name, right? It's the name that instructs us on what we can ask Jesus, and where we can put our faith for that. And so it gets past just maybe, maybe saying really quick, in Jesus' name, amen, but we're literally coming to him on the authority and with the authority because we know the name. We understand the name. We get the name. And we're asking him about what that name secures. Because he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Right? He says, whatever you ask in my name. So what does he say? He's trying to communicate to us we understand and know his covenant name. And again, we'll look at these next week, and you'll see a little clearer what I'm talking about here. But we begin to understand his covenant name, and we're not just quickly mimicking somebody else. But we've literally stepped into this deeper relationship, this deeper understanding, and this deeper authority that he's given to you and I. John chapter 16 and verse 24, until now you've not asked anything in my name, asking, you will receive that your joy may be full. Until now you haven't asked it in my name. He didn't say anything about at that point. He wasn't saying, now just make sure you say in Jesus' name, amen. But he's saying something a little differently here. And I want us to catch this because this is so critical to where God wants to take us. And again, it's nothing wrong with saying in Jesus' name, amen. I think that's a good idea. But we have to take it deeper so we can experience the greater power that's in what? That name. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. And I think this is something that's important that was being pointed out to me in this message. Uh, Exodus 3 and verse 14. And God said to Moses, if you remember, they went through this whole season where they went downhill, everything got bad. Finally, the church, I mean, the people of Israel were thrown into Egypt, or they weren't thrown there, but they went there for their sustenance and their provision because of the droughts. So now they find themselves in Egypt. They begin to live life there, and according to the scripture, they begin to like Egypt. They begin to enjoy the garlic and the leeks and all the good things that they were having. But then all of a sudden, the government decided, or the leadership decided, hey, they're gaining ground on us and they're stopping what we're doing. They're changing the culture on us. And because of that, They started putting more work on the Israelites or the believers there. They started giving them more work. Remember, they took away the straw from making brick. Are you guys warm in here? Can somebody change the AC for me, please? I am too. (coughs) I thought you were falling asleep because of the message. It's the heat. All right, so so they're in Egypt now, okay? They're in Egypt, (coughs) and all of a sudden, Moses is raised up as a deliverer, and so he goes, and now God finally positions him, and he says, and, and he says so, so God, I'm gonna, you want me to go to Pharaoh, right, and you want me to tell him to let your people go, right? Sounds easy? Wrong. Not easy. He's going to kill me. He says, okay, so, so he starts negotiating with God. He says, okay, who should I tell him is sending me? I don't know if he was just trying to get out of responsibility or what, you know. I'm just going to blame this on somebody else. Or if he was really wanting a name to know what in the world's going on here. The pressure's coming onto the church, onto the people. And all of a sudden, then it's coming from the government and, and, and probably other groups that were maybe uh, losing things because Christians were gaining things. This is exactly what was happening. And so here's what he says to him. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, don't you think it would have been more effective if he would have said, Hey, just tell them Iron Man sent you. Or even Captain America. You know, somebody, Batman, somebody, but I am? Come on, God, this is really not going to work. Pharaoh is not going to buy into this. And 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 really I thought about that as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, how often do we maybe concerning the name, how often do we back off also? Maybe we're, and, and just let me just digress a moment. Maybe we're in the store somewhere, and somebody lets me know they have an issue. I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that. And, 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 and all I do is just listen to it like everybody else in line and just let it go by. Because I might not feel comfortable just saying, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? Uh, Jesus will provide for you. I found that Jesus provided for me. You hear what I'm saying? And, and, and so we may have felt like Moses felt about that time when he said, I am. And I know sometimes, you know, I, we've probably all been a little bit intimidated at times with this this type of a setting, and this is what God's trying to, I believe, take us to a new level because guess what? We never have to support his name. You never have to support his character. You'll never have to support his nature. You'll never have to support whatever he asks you to say or whoever he is. He does a good job himself. Who, who said that, man? I just want to hear it one more time. Amen. Come on. This is, a, this is real stuff. Lower the air conditioner one more time, Bob. <laughs> All right. We'll get, we'll get, to, we'll get it. <laughs> so it's important for us when we're praying, when we're praying uh, and his name, when we're praying that we're understanding that we know that if there is somebody that has a need, that, that has a need that I would know his name when it comes to that. What would be one name that God would have if you have a need? Jehovah what? See, most of us know that. Jehovah Jireh. He's going he's to take care of your needs. And are we able to tell people that? Because we've experienced it. We know it. We've walked in it because when it didn't happen, we went back to him. And we say, God. Maybe we started frequenting him. We said, God, what's up? Why isn't this happening? Where's the the miracle in this? Where where is Jehovah Jireh when I need him? Can I just tell you, when you get into an honest conversation with God like that, he comes to you. He answers you specifically. But he just oftentimes has to get our questions to come away from here and down from here based on this. This. I read this one day, Lord, and it said to me, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory and not the economy. You said that, Father. And and, and just begin to come back to the Father with his name, which which represents his character, and it represents who he is. And we begin to realize, wow, God, that's who you are. We sang that, didn't we? That's who you are. And why did you get stirred up with that song? Because that's who he is. That's who he is. But he wants us to know him like that in in a much, much deeper way. And, And that's what I believe. He's calling us to step into a greater point of reference when it comes to his covenant truth in the word of God. That's exactly what this is. I used the analogy. It's a covenant. So it's just like a will and a testament. It's a new old will, new will. And and, and when I come, if I if I if my uh, parent passed away and left a will, I would probably have to get the will out. I'd have to read it. And then I might, because there's opposition, have to get an attorney. A representative, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I may have to get him out to secure and release the promises of this will. Does that make sense? I hope this makes sense because it's it's really it's that simple. But I wonder if we're contending enough when the time comes. See, we have such we live in such a gracious, gracious nation. We're so lucky. We are blessed in this nation above every other nation. I love this nation. We are blessed in this nation. And I got to learn to love this nation because if I don't appreciate it, he might just take it away. And so it's important for me to understand this and, and and to begin to get to this new level of believing that his word is really, really true. Now let me wrap up with just a few thoughts here. And understanding the Bible, it's important. And when we, when it comes to reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll bring things to your understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'll bring revelation to you. Uh, could you get me a water, please, right there in the front seat? He'll bring things uh, by revelation to you. Uh, <clears throat> and so, but we have to have understanding. Thank you. So, can I just give us a few thoughts here? and 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 again challenge you up in an area and then we'll wrap it up this morning the new testament starts with the four gospels the four gospels are really uh, they're, they're really a theography of who God is and it represents him in four different ways from four different personalities and perspective remember we had matthew the tax collector we had luke the physician john the beloved uh, and so this comes from these different perspectives, and I want to just share these with you because as you read the Scriptures, you'll tap into it, and I want you to read one in particular, one Gospel in particular, and begin to tap into it uh, in a fresh way. In Matthew, we find Jesus as the Savior, uh, uh, the Savior King. Starts out with the genealogy and goes through all that and brings them down all the way from David. And now we know that he came through, that kingly lineage came through because he would always have a man sit on the throne. And in the book of Luke, or excuse me, Matthew, Mark, keep them in order. uh, Mark, he depicts Jesus as the servant of all. You want to know what God's like. You want to become like what God's like know that he becau- He reveals him as a servant. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, I don't know that that's up there. It could be. No, I don't think I didn't put the scriptures up there. But Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as I'm reading through Mark, I'm beginning to pick out, wow, this is what God's like. He's like the servant. And then Luke, of course, was a physician. Very detailed, longest gospel, most detailed gospel of all the four. If you want all the details, just read Luke. He'll get them to you. He was a physician and knew about details and put them in there. And 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 he speaks of uh, Jesus as the Savior. And we read in Luke 19:10, "For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." So when I read through Luke, I begin to realize maybe there's a more important task for my life than what I'm doing, at least as a primary. I may be a doctor, but I'm seeking out the lost to be able to share with them about Jesus. And This is what Luke does. and He goes through this whole detailed gospel. Then we come to John, and I think we would all probably know John as John John the Beloved. But did you know that he actually brings it back, really, to Moses' day? And he presents Jesus as the I Am. (laughs) He presents him as the I Am. And as you read through John, you can't help but to really, hopefully, fall in love with God. John the Beloved, the one that laid on his, uh, his, his, his breast and just spoke with him and talked with him. And God gave him intimate things and showed him heaven and revealed things to him. And, and it's just like uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he reveals him as the great I Am. He's the Jehovah, the eternal one, the only one and when as we look into the names next week we'll see all of them start with Jehovah Nisai, Jehovah jireh and he connects himself with his character and with his nature and with the things that build an established relationship with us. Aren't the things aren't those the things that we look for in a relationship as we get close to people we begin to what's their character like? What's their nature like? You know, are they a porcupine? I better keep my distance. You know what I mean? I mean, just it, it, that's what happens. So once you get to know them, you begin to realize and you you can then get closer to them. But those are all the steps that take us to it. And these are different portraits of Jesus. And I just challenge you, if maybe you're wrestling with really having the intimacy and the closeness with God that, 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 that helps you to not forget him. Let's not forget Him. It's hard to forget somebody you really love because you wake up thinking about Him. You wake up with Him on your mind. It's just hard. But the Gospels were intended to reveal God in all of His fullness. When I think about even prayer and name of the Father, and I think that's what we need to lean toward is, God, how do we, how do we see a greater uh, release of the miracle power of a sovereign God who rules over the universe and who's pulling his kingdom down on earth as it is in heaven? He's bringing that and wanting that here. I kind of had this picture the other day of that, and I thought, wow, it's like a mold. What if this mold comes down? Will I be fitting in that mold or will I be squished by it? He's coming down to this earth. He's coming back. He said his kingdom would come here and that he would rule and reign forever and ever. And he's repeated that from the Old Testament, from the very beginning in the garden when he created mankind. He said, I want you to rule and have authority and have dominion want you to have this and there's not one place that I have found where he ever retracted that even though man really blew it really blew it we really blew it and and sinned he had to remove himself but he brought himself back in a powerful way because of Jesus and that put him inside of each one of us we have this amazing opportunity But it comes out of knowing the Father. And I'll just close with these couple scriptures here. John chapter 5 and verse 30. Listen to this. Listen to this. But I do nothing without consulting the Father. Can I say that yet? Can you say that yet? I do nothing without consulting the Father. I do just as I'm told. My judgment is absolutely just because... It is according to the will of God who sent me. It's not merely my own. How many times have we just fought through and tried to pray for our own will? This is what I want, Lord. This is a me, my ideal here. (laughs) I need this. You should know that. Come on. You know this, God. You can see me. That's my need. Versus, hey, what if we just begin to tap in because Scripture does say his thoughts are not our thoughts and even his ways are not our ways. You know what that means? You know what that really means? It really, really, really means he might do it differently than you. (laughs) But your trust is in the name, the character, the nature, the goodness of your God. And so you're not going to waver. You're going to stand in faith and you're going to hold in faith until the promise comes. I was I was paralyzed for two months and given for dead first and then given for being in a convalescent home. The rest of my life was the last thing the doctor said to me that I couldn't go home because I needed too much equipment and, and, and I couldn't do it because of the paralysis. I was paralyzed up to here. Two months. But through a persistent lady in prayer, a breakthrough came exactly when the Lord spoke it to me. I am not in a convalescent home. Amen. I would have done it faster. But if I could just be transparent with you, without reading anything into it, I really needed that two months. He really had to change something in me that needed to be changed desperately. And you know something? The whole way through it, I will say that I experience the peace of God. Jehovah Shalom through the whole process. I was going to have pictures of that up there, but I just couldn't find them. <clears throat> John chapter 8 and verse 26. I love this verse. I love this verse. I have much to say about you, and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I've heard from the one who sent me, and he is true. So Jesus said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will realize that I am he, and that I do nothing of my own, but I speak what the Father taught me. You get that last part? I speak, what the Father taught me. Would you just bow your heads for a moment? What is the Father trying to teach you? I believe that He's probably trying to teach us all more. He's trying to teach us something. You may be in a circumstance or maybe not. Maybe everything's going great, but He still wants to teach you in that. What would you say He's trying to teach you that you need to maybe just stop and acknowledge Him so that you would do nothing on your own but only what you heard the Father say to you. And again, maybe you are in a challenging season. Let Him teach you. If Jesus needed the Father to teach Him, we need the Father to teach us. He came to model the whole natural man. He was 100% man, wow, to model this through for us. And he learned to hear the Father, and the joy was set before him for everything the Father had him go through. So, Father, this morning, just touch our heart, God, with your word. We read so much of it this morning we could hear your heart through it and Lord there's a desire I believe in the Holy Spirit's heart these days these days to speak to your sons and your daughters like never before Lord we acknowledge that you are Jehovah your God you're the omnipotent one you're the great one the great I am we acknowledge that this morning and I just pray even now just begin to blanket the thoughts of your people even in this room and those that are watching online just begin to blanket our thoughts right now with your thoughts let them come down from heaven let them be released right now from heaven here this morning you haven't really stepped in and crossed the line of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior Uh, coming to that point of salvation where you know I was given a new heart I know I can tell you that I was given a new heart I might not remember the exact minute but I remember the event (laughs) because I was changed I was changed and if you haven't experienced that if you haven't done that I just want to invite you to do that. You can do that right now where you're at. Just Jesus, come in and be the Lord of my life. I submit and release my sin because you paid for it on the cross, and I receive your loving kindness. If you've not done that, you need to do that. You need to ask the Lord to be your Lord. Very personal. Thank you, Lord. Now, even before we go into the names, if there's a challenge that you're facing right now uh, and you just want prayer for that, I want to just challenge you in just a minute here. Uh, To stand up and then to let us as the church body and the family, because I think that's the other thing he's communicating to his church, is how connected are you with the family or the body of Christ? It says every joint supplies. So if I'm not connected and I'm begging for a supply, I might not be getting it simply because I didn't allow myself to be joined. love you here and maybe you're facing any number of situations and challenge and uh and and i just want to i just feel the need to pray for you so if that's you right now and again no matter what it is job uh you know family whatever it might be would you just stand to your feet quickly just stand to your feet if that's you i'm going to pray for you well let's not be bashful when it comes to god and what what to ask of him to do. And I want to put the family behind you in this. I want to put the family force of prayer behind you right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, let's 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 pray, church. Pray, church. Pray, church. Father, we thank you for those that are standing, and Lord, we stand with them. We spiritually join ourselves with them, Lord, and we extend our hand and our heart to them right now and we pray whatever their need is, whatever their challenge is, or whatever they're facing, Father, that your name would come into play with it. In your name, God, would be released over their life, whether it's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, whatever it is, whatever it is that that would come. And Father, that they would see without a shadow of a doubt that it is the name of God It brings deliverance, and it brings victory, and even as it did with the children of Israel, with the simplicity of I am that I am, but we're believing you for great miracles and signs and wonders to take place in your church. You never intended for them to stop. They were actually to increase, and so Lord, we're making ourselves vulnerable with you today by even standing and by asking, Lord, release your power, your authority in each one of these situations and we thank you for it father in jesus name and everybody said amen would you stand to your feet please with me this morning And can we just do something you guys are amazing um, let's just honor the lord one more time with a clap and a shout. He's a good, loving, wonderful God. And let's shake the universe here. Let's open the heavens with the glory of God this morning. That's the church is called to do for sure. Amen. Let's do it. Father, we thank you today. We bless you. Yes, 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 Lord. We worship you. We bless you. We thank you, God, for your goodness and for your loving kindness. Lord, we thank you that you're an awesome and a mighty God. Lord, we receive you today and your word, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. Wow, the name above everything.